will you guys may be seated in the house. If you don't know, I love America. It's awesome. The greatest country upon the face of the earth, the greatest nation that has ever been in existence on the face of the earth. We are still a very, very young nation, very young. And uh, it's funny, uh, there's a lot of people that go into this, but every nation that has honored God has always had the, the, uh, the pursuit of the enemy right behind it, in roughly 200 to 300 years right behind it. And here we are today, right around, we're coming up on 300 years, coming up, it's getting in there, maybe two and a half, 17, yeah, 1776, there you go, it's coming up. But you've always had that spirit of Babylon, the enemy that's right behind it. You see this, you can look throughout the Old Testament. This isn't in my notes, I'm just going to roll with it. But in the Old Testament, what was the problem with the children of Israel? God would bless. They'd become comfortable. They'd begin to push away from the God that blessed them. Serving the God of Baal or whatever, Moloch. And then all of a sudden, the hand of blessing would come off of them. And they would have to have this reawakening, this revolution of coming back to their Heavenly Father. And what I think is happening in our nation today is exactly that. It's an awakening on, wow, our ideas aren't enough. we got to get back to the Founding Father's principles. So I hope that our nation turns towards God. If not, I think the hand of blessing will come off. When we lived in America, all, we, all we've known is blessing. That's all we've ever known. And I think it's going to be a challenge for our, a young generation to understand, wow, what does it look like when the hand of blessing comes off? And then we got to know what we believe and we got to fight for what we believe. We can't just exist and say that's somebody else's problem. Woo! They've done that for the past 50 years. We're in a nation now. We got to know what we believe, stand for what we believe, fight for what we believe, and uh, don't back down. Hopefully we can turn towards God and put his hand of blessing back on our nation. I hope so. I don't think it's on it right now. I think we're going through some consequences. Oh, moving on. Okay, cool. That's quite bleak. I know everybody's like, well, awesome. But you're in church today. That's why you're in church. We're here. This is where hope is. This is where the hope of the world is. This is where we serve in a different kingdom. We're a part of a different kingdom. We're not here, right? We're temporarily here. But we got an eternal home through Jesus Christ. Amen. So we are jumping into it here today. And I'm starting a new series here today. The heart of this series that I have here today is winning where it matters. Why is that? Winning where it matters. Every single person in here has a choice on what we're gonna focus on every single day. Every single person inside of here, whether you know it or not, thinks that something matters and you put a lot of energy in that direction, whether you know it or not. You, you are focused in a few areas of your life. Now, here's the deal. Some things may matter that you're doing, other things may not matter. That you may, you may be doing things that really have no eternal purpose have no real eternal impact, but for whatever reason, you've been consumed by it and it has taken on all of your attention. You got your attention on things that don't have eternal impact. Now, I'm a person that's like, I don't want, I don't want to live one day off purpose. I don't want one thought or, or mindset of mine to be focused on something that doesn't have eternal impact. I want my life to be lived to the fullest accomplishing God's purposes here on this, this earth. And I would want that for anybody that's a part of our church community, that our focus is on the things that matter and not on the things that don't. But here's the deal. Everybody has a life in which you've lived and you've been raised to value certain things. And that's okay, but maybe you're, you're, the values that you were raised with aren't the values that you should be focused on. Maybe you got your priorities all off. Maybe you got too much value here, not enough value over here. And so we're going to walk through it inside of this series. We're going to focus on yourself. We're going to focus on your marriage. We're going to focus on your family. And we're going to focus on your friends. Because here's the deal. We're all created for relationship. Every single one of us are created for relationship. In a world of individualism, we're pushing people away. God has created us to be in relationship with him and with each other. First, uh, first John says this, let's throw it up on the screen. It says this. So we are lying if we say we have fellowship with God, but go on living in spiritual darkness. We are not practicing the truth. Come on. But verse number seven, but if we are living in the light as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other and the blood of Jesus, his son cleanses us from all sins. So if we're living in the light, then we have fellowship with each other, Right? But if we're living a lie, come on now, we got to be in the light, living in the truth. And in that, we'll be in fellowship with each other. We are called to be in relationship 
with each other. The, the triune God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, all in one. They're living in relationship with each other. It's relationship. We were created for relationship. Now, why are we talking about numero uno today? Because if you ain't good, nothing else is going to be good. Let's be honest. If you, can't, if you are mentally not good, then your life is not going to be good. And if you aren't good, you're not going to be good with anybody else. I'll tell you that today. If you are mentally off, you will not be good inside of a marriage. I'll tell you that right now. If you are mentally all over the place, you don't know who you are, what you're called to do, what value you have, how can you ever complete somebody else? Right? You can be jacked up, tore up from the floor, up, needing somebody else to do something for you that you should be doing for yourself. Right? Now all of a sudden you're asking for somebody to do something for you that you, God needs to make that clear so you can step in and fully be present, fully be focused on what you're focused, focused on to be the right spouse inside of that marriage rather than, oh, well, he ain't doing this for me. She ain't doing, well, that's not like that. Well, she ain't doing that. I'm saying, well, we'll go with it, okay? You know what I'm saying? If you ain't good, nothing else is good. So goes your mind, so goes your life. So goes you, so goes your relationships. We're talking about numado uno today, okay? So you got to win with yourself. Win with yourself. How many of you guys have ever been in that place in your life where you've been worried, uneasy, you've been stressed out about something that is coming up? You've ever been there before? Oh, and it's consumed you. Your mind is focused on, oh, I don't know what's going to happen, how it's going to go. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. You've been there. We all have these things in the future and we carry it. Oh my God. Oh, I'm just not going to go, right? What do people do? They run, uh, what do they call the brides on, on marriage? What is it they call them? They bridezillas, but the runaway bride, that's you. Bridezillas too. I'll get to that in just a second, right? Runaway brides, it's all, oh, I'm out. You know, I'm done. I, all the stress of what can be, all the thoughts of the unknown. Oh, I don't know. It's a crazy world in which we live in, right? There's a lot of things in which we can carry that, man, we just stack on our shoulders this unknown of the future. You know, every week I have to face this too, the, the mental battle of like, God has spoke this. I feel like this is the spirit's leading for our church, but do I have the talent to get up and communicate it effectively so I don't look like an idiot? Just being real, just being honest, keeping it honest, keeping it real, right? I got a talent, I got to manage that talent. I got a, I got a leading, I got a calling, the, uh, and the tension. I would much rather just be like, somebody else do it. This is what the Lord wants to speak. Somebody else go do it. But it's my calling. Thank you for that. Thank you. More of that. More of that. More of that. That's awesome. I need it. I need it. Right? But we have all these moments inside of life that want to wait on and want to pour on stress and anxiety and worry and oh. And all of a sudden our minds are wrapped up and focused on all these things. A career, work, job, kids. Oh, you can't get away from it. It's life. You can't get away from the trials and the issues and the struggle and the pain and the unknown. This is the world that we live in. It's the world we live in. You know, in community, we, we, we've, we've developed a society where we really don't need each other anymore. We can live very individualistic lives, isolate ourselves from the world, but that's not, it's not the way God's designed it coming out of COVID. I mean, you look through COVID, right? All the mental health issues and the thing that, is, that, that have come up and still are present inside of our society today. Why? Because people had to look at themselves, be alone. Who, who, who am I? What, what am I? You know, they had to look at themselves and, and all the mental health issues that came out of that. And we were meant for community to be in relationship, but our world has allowed now for us to be isolated. We can be isolated, especially through COVID. We definitely were isolated. You, this is not God's design. We were meant to be in relationship. That there's beauty in being together. You think about years ago, maybe 50 years ago and beyond that. Society was all built around your family name. You couldn't get ahead. You couldn't move up inside of life unless you were known. Somebody had to know you, right? You had to be in a relationship, in good standing. It was your family name that had character and, and integrity attached to it, right? Your reputation preceded you. And so you naturally had to be in relationship. You think about kids, they had to go work and they had to you know, put some effort into some things. It was developed at a very young age. It was very 
uh, built into the society to be in relationship, to be hardworking, uh, to face life, to feel like, you know, to realize that life comes with challenges and you got to be responsible and hey, go get the milk at 6 a.m. Go grab the milk from the cow and bring it back. Everybody's up. You know, responsibility is a part of life. And here today we have this uh, uh, this extended adolescence because responsibility. Now we got all the mental health issues going on because kids aren't facing these big life issues until they get 25, 30 years old, but they should have been facing it at 12, 13, 14, 15 years old. And we should be walking them through as adults. But these are, this is life. We want to shelter our kids from the pain that maybe we experience, not realizing that that very experience could be the very thing that empowers them to grow up and mature so that they can face life. You know what John was, or Jesus was saying in John 16? Jesus would say it this way. John would articulate what Jesus was saying here. Jesus is giving clarity on end times and, and kind of how things are going to go from, uh, from the time of his death on. And he says this, I've told you all of this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows. So Jesus, I, what I love about Jesus is he doesn't sugarcoat things. Jesus is like the real deal, holy field. There are people that father and son are going to come against each other. Uh, mother and daughter are going to come each other. What is he saying? When, when my truth is given and people live according to my truth, there's going to be a daughter that's living it and a mother that doesn't agree with it. and It's going to split the family. He's not trying to, he's not trying to like sugarcoat anything like the happy, joyful Christ, you know, Christians like, it's all good and glorious. It is, right? We're saved. We're redeemed. Grace has saved us. It's amazing. But here's the hard truth. It's a different ideology than any other ide ideology. Jesus says, I am the only way. All these other people are like, just do these cool things and then you'll, you'll get an, an afterlife. You'll come back as a tree, right? It's like, <laughs> I don't want to be a tree. I want to go towards like heaven where I got a mansion and gold streets and I got a purpose that I'm living. There's a new heaven. There's a new earth. I want that. I don't want to become a butterfly, no tree, no nothing like that. Those are man-made ideas, man-made religions, right? To appease people. It's all the work of the enemy. Here's truth, right? So we're going to face trials and sorrows. Jesus is being real. You're going to face trials in life. You can't get around it. Just because you give your life to Jesus, all of a sudden you get a free pass card, you know, to, to heaven with no issues. I wish it was that way, right? I thought it was going to be, I tell you, I thought it was going to be that way when I was 17. And I got serious about my faith. I'm like, Wait, I still have these feelings. I still like, I feel like I'm not enough. I still have these, these, these trials that I'm going to walk through. I still have to face life, right? Every season has its opportunity for anxiety. It doesn't matter. If you're a teenager, you have your opportunity for anxiety. If you're a young adult, you got your opportunity for anxiety. If you're in your 30s, 40s, 50s, it doesn't matter. Now you're, grand, you're a grandchild or you're a grandmother or a grandfather, right? You still have an opportunity for anxiety, right? You got crazy grandkids out there living in this crazy world, right? Anxiety does. So there's always going to be trials. Jesus being, keeping it real. There's always going to be sorrow, loss, pain. I didn't get it. Why did that person, why did we lose that person? Why did that person die? Especially through COVID. Why? Sorrows. Oh, but here's the cool thing. What I love about Jesus, take heart. I've overcome the world. Here's the deal. You're gonna face all of these things. You're gonna face trials. You're gonna face pain. But here's the deal. With all of life's issues, I've overcome this world. I've conquered death, hell, and the grave. You have eternal hope. So live with that eternal hope in your heart today as you face these trials. Live with it. You're going to face them. So what happens from this moment on with all the trials that we're facing, all that we're walking through, think about what you're walking through today. All the trials you're walking through, all the challenges that you're walking through, all that you're facing today, all that is sitting on the brain and loading you down. What is those? What are those things? Okay, you got some battle, you got a battle going on right here. So if you're going to win with yourself, the first thing you got to do is you got to win the battle of your mind. If you don't win the battle of your mind, so goes your mind, so goes your life. If you believe something that's not true, you will do things that are out of alignment with truth. Self-talk, what, what is the language going on inside of your brain today? Are you valuable? Are you worthy? Are you called? Are you destined for greatness? Is greater as he who's on the inside of you, greater than he who's in the world? Is that the narrative of your mind today? Or are you hearing things that are counter to the truth? You're not enough, you're unworthy. Because of this, there's a God that doesn't love you. 
What is, the, what, is the, what is the talk going on inside of your life? This failure has defined your life. You will never, you will never be able to attain what you attain today because of this failure. What, what's the self-talk? What's the battle of the mind? What, what does that look like here today? Is it healthy? Do you have mental health today? Or is your mental health today funky? You got some funk in the junk on your mental health. There's some things going on that, that aren't right. There's things being said that aren't right. There's things that you have grabbed hold of in your nurturing that have been said over you. The outside perspective of judgment has said you are something that you are not. It's not God's word. It's the, it's the enemy's word. It's the vomit of somebody that is living in chaos that is trying to bring chaos to you. You are believing a lie of the enemy and now today your mental health is threatened. What, what, is the, what are these things that are going on inside of your mind? Yeah. What do they say in... Neuro studies, neuroscience, neuroplasticity. Whatever's in the brain that you believe and it takes root inside of your mind, you form a pathway of belief. It could be untrue, it doesn't matter. It can be untrue, but if you believe it, you will begin to become it. Yeah. What does the Bible say? So a man thinks in his heart, he is. Yeah. Neuroscience is just catching up with what God has already written inside of his word. That's why the word is so powerful. You gotta get in the word every single day because it'll tell you the exact truth before you ever get these neurosciences out there. The world out there today is like, oh, yeah, we know all about life. I'm like, yeah, you don't. Uh, just keep reading the Bible, and then you'll come to all truth, right? So a man thinks, so he is. Jesus says this about the devil, and this is something we got to be very clear on. I don't care how long you've known Jesus, you know this scripture. John 10, 10. doesn't matter. If you've been a Christian, doesn't matter how long you know. This is a reality of the spiritual forces that are at work. Jesus says the devil comes to what? Steal kill and destroy. What is he coming to do? He's coming to steal all that God has set you up for, all the success that he's set you up for, the Holy Spirit's leading inside of your life where you experience love, peace, patience, kindness, joy, faithfulness, self-control. He, he, he's coming to steal the work of Jesus Christ inside of your life. This is a spiritual battle. I don't care what you think, what you're saying. The Bible is clear. We're not warring against flesh and blood, but it's in principalities of the unseen world. That's what this is about. The enemy is after your life. He wants to steal you of every gift that God has for you. And Jesus Christ has blessed us immensely with the Holy Spirit that can lead us into all truth. He wants to steal to start off with, then he wants to kill. Once he's stolen the fruit of the Spirit in your life, then he wants to kill your relationship with your Creator. That's how he wants to work. I want to steal what God has set you up for success with, and then I want to kill your relationship. Some of us today, I don't know, I just don't feel like I'm connected to God anymore, you know? I just don't feel, I mean, he's not, he's, uh. Tell you right now, more than likely the enemy has stolen the fruit of the spirit inside of your life. You aren't living in the fruit of the spirit. Now you are feeling a spiritual death. Yeah, that's the enemy's purpose. Because what is he trying to do? He's trying to destroy your life. Another, another version would say, blot you out. That's what the enemy's trying to do. The enemy wants to steal what Jesus has done for you. He wants to kill your relationships and every other relationship around you. And he wants to blot you out as if you never existed. That is his purpose. Now here's the deal. If you are walking in mental health here today, where man, you are consumed in things that you should not be consumed with. Your mind, your neuroplasticity, you are believing things that aren't true. I'll tell you right now, you are already destroyed. What, what, what? You are making an impact on anybody else because you can't even manage your own self. The enemy is winning inside of your life. And I'll tell you today, there's nothing that gets me more fired up than seeing the enemy winning in somebody's life. But the key here is, my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Jesus has a completely different purpose than the enemy's purpose for you. You can experience something completely different, but it may take different choices, different decisions inside of your life to achieve and attain that. Here's the deal. If you, if you ever remember back in, I think it was 1978, I think is the date, um, 1978, there was this crazy man, maniacal man, that took a whole group of people to a different country. Uh, his name was Jim Jones. You remember Jim Jones? What did he do? He got these individuals to believe a lie. And they believed the lie so much that when he said, hey, go grab this Kool-Aid that's got cyanide in it, every single one of them and their children did it. He didn't have to lay a hand on them. 
They did it themselves. Let me tell you today, this is what the enemy wants to do on every single one of us inside of here. He wants you to believe a lie, lose the battle of your mind, believe the lie of the enemy over yourself, your value, your worth, your purpose, God's plan for you, his ability to bless you and oversee your life and lead you into your, your, your calling and your blessing. He wants you to believe this, the lie of the enemy, so that he doesn't have to lay a hand on you, you will gladly do it yourself. Every day you wake up, I am this, I am that, I can't do this, I'm not called to that, I'm just, I'm just, and constantly the brain, the neurological pathways of your brain are a lie of the enemy, constantly destroying your life. What happens here is this, you will go from mental health and mental illness, mental illness is that neuroplasticity, believe in lies, into depression, which is the physiological issue on that. Now all of a sudden your body is reacting to the lie of the enemy that you are telling yourself every single day when you wake up. Now you can't sleep. Now you're operating in headaches. Now you got bowel issues. Now you got, but it's all a product of losing the battle of the mind, the psychological battle that leads into a physiological issue, a physical issue inside of your body. It's a big deal. If we don't change this inside of our life, we are Christians. We are called to greatness. We are called to be a light into a broken world. If we are living as the world is living, we are gonna fall as the world is falling. But we're called to be a light and stand up in the middle of this. It's the battle of the mind. <sighs> you gotta win the battle on the mind before you ever wake up inside of the morning. Why? Because the word of God is already inside of you. The moment a lie is entered into the equation, you immediately replace it with God's word. That's not who I am. That's not what I'm called to do, right? I'm called to greatness. I'm called to do great things. That's a lie of the enemy. That's not who I am. So here's the deal. Uh, the second thing I'll say is you gotta win the battle of your mind with yourself. The second thing is you gotta win the bat or you gotta win your attention management. You gotta win with your attention management. Everybody in here has choices to make, your attention that you are focusing on a daily basis. What you are putting your attention to, what you are focused on, everybody. You gotta win with this attention management. Anxiety is everywhere. You can be anxious about everything, right? You can be anxious about everything, all the situation, all the world's problems, everybody else's problems around you, but is your attention focused on your responsibilities? The thing I would ask you today, if you, if you write it down, what are you worried about, uneasy about, and stressed about today? If you wrote that down, what would you say? The second thing I would say is this, if you wrote that down on one side, oh man, this is just, I'm uneasy, I'm nervous. This is what it is. Bam, I wrote it down. The second question I would ask is, should you be worrying about it? That's a good question to ask. You're, you're, you're living your life and, and you're piling all these things on, this, this stress, this, this worry. Well, why am I burying myself in all of this? Should I be? Because if, if Jesus called me to give me a, a satisfying life, a good, a blessed life, is this the life that he's called for me? Or am I making decisions that's contrary to his word and piling things on and stressing myself out about things I shouldn't be worried about? You got one life, one life. Here's, here's quickly just how you can focus in your attention on things that you should be worried about. Things that you should be worried about is your words, your behaviors, your actions, your efforts, your mistakes, your ideas and the consequences of your actions. That's what you should be worried about. You, yourself, and you, right? If you are married, you should be worried about your family, your wife, your kids. That should be your priority and your responsibility. If you got a job, you got one responsibility inside of that job. Handle the job and responsibility, right? You're married, you need to make sure that's the best marriage in the world right there. You got some friends, take care of your friends. You can't be a friend to everybody, but you can be a friend to few. So there's, there's responsibility. You can't be worried about the consequences of other people's actions. There's crazy people out there. They're going to do crazy things. You can't worry about that. Yeah. You can't be worried about other people's words. Hurtful people will hurt people. They will say crazy things about you. Their apathy is just a product of their life and their decisions, what they are sowing. But because you are living according to God-given principles, blessed by God and what you are called to do, your grace, your goodness, and all that God has set you up to do is a threat to their apathy. Let them talk. Haters don't hate, right? Whatever it is. What does Taylor Swift say? I think she says, shake it off or something like that, okay? 
other people's mistakes, other people's beliefs, other people's ideas, and other people's actions. We can't worry about all that stuff. Here's the deal. If we can't focus on our responsibilities, what we got to do right here today, how in the world can we help anybody else out? We're called to be a light into the world, but the Bible says, what good is the light if it is covered up? Some of us are so buried in anxiety on everybody else's problems, we can't be a light to the world. This is a big deal. Mental health is a big deal, even in the church. But here's what Jesus says. Let's look at Philippians 4. This is some goods, or this is what Jesus says, but this is Paul writes in the church to uh, Philippi. He says this, encouragement from the apostle Paul. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. everything. What about just the things I want to, but I want to hold on to a few things because it feels good because I feel like I know their issues and I got their solution. <laughs> right? No, 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 no. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Many of us probably might be just telling them what we want. We're just talking about all our wants. I want this. I want that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, now tell me what you need. I'll bless you. Right? What does Jesus say? Focus on the kingdom, live righteously, and God will add unto you. Focus on the kingdom, live righteously, God will add unto you. Stop worrying about what you want. Focus on what you need and thank him for all he has done. Living from appreciation. God, I, you know, Man, I need this. God, I need your, your power at work in my life. I need your strength in me every single day. God, I need the fruit of the Holy Spirit operating in me. Man, I, got, I need love flowing out of me. I need some patience rolling out of me. God, I need this stuff. Man, thank you, God, for all that you've done inside of my life. Man, you are such a good God. It's changing the narrative of our lives. So it's this encouragement, good encouragement. Then you will experience God's peace. We all want peace. Here's the antidote right there. Pray for what you need. Thank God for all he's done. Mm -hmm. Then you'll get peace. (laughs) It's pretty simple. Then you'll get peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts. Mm, mm, mm. Some of our our hearts are wide open. The enemy's just like, yeah, I'm going to use this person, that person. You ain't been with Jesus. You ain't been casting your worries. You're wide open trying to fix the world. You want peace that guards your hearts and your minds? As you live in Christ Jesus, you got to get over here and cast everything on him. Moving on. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise and keep on putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you have heard from me and saw me doing. Then God, the God of peace, will be with you. What are you saying? You're focused on all the wrong things. Focus on some good things. Mm-hmm. How many times have you ever looked in the mirror and all you saw was the negative things, but you didn't see the good things? Because your neuro believes something countered to God's You're only looking at the faults and failures and not God's creation. The things you don't like, focus on is to change it. But if you're looking at it through eyes of negativity all the time, what you will not be doing is thinking on things, fixing your thoughts on things that are true, honorable, right, and pure, and lovely, and admirable. Your mind will be thinking about unbiblical, unrighteous things. You will build a pattern in your life where you will wake up every single day thinking on things that are not true, are not biblical, are not right. So goes the mind, so goes the life. Mental health. What are you putting your attention to? Say right here, keep Putting it into practice is a key thing that he says here. Keep putting it into practice. Every day you wake up, speak truth. Every day you wake up, speak God's word over your life. Every day you wake up that you have a thought that's counter the truth that you know, replace it. Neuroplasticity, 25 seconds. These scientists, these neuroscientists out there, just trying to get, trying to catch up with God's word. I'm just saying right now. They say it takes 25 seconds to put a new pathway into your brain on belief. If you sit there and think, no, I'm beautiful. But my dad, when he said that, it was, it was, it was not true. I am beautiful. I am God's creation. 25 seconds. I'm beautiful. I am valuable. God loves me. He gave his, he gave his best for me. I am loved. You, you begin to replace those negative 25 seconds of God's word. Bam. Every single day, renewing that mind. Every single day, right? Bam. 
It could take 25 seconds to replace a bad belief system that has brought mental illness to your life that may be attributing to the depression that you are walking in here today. You, it starts with you, you gotta win with your, the battle of your mind, you gotta win in the attention, what, what, what are you focused on, why are you focused on it, do you have the world's problems on your shoulders, or are you focused on your responsibilities, if it's not your responsibilities, pray for them, that's what you, pray for them, pray for those people that are saying crazy things, pray for people that are doing crazy things, pray for people that have bad ideology, pray for them, right, pray for the Taliban, them suckers got crazy ideology, they lost their dang mind, I thought it was hilarious this past week when one of our government officials said, we were very surprised to see that they had a lack of diversity and uh, uh, um, opportunity inside of their, uh, their temporary um, government that they put in place. I'm like, are you an idiot? <laughs> it's the Taliban that goes by Sharia law. Like women have no rights. They can't even drive. What are you talking about? If they're even accused, the accusation of... Uh, an extramarital affair. They are stoned to death. What are you talking about? But this is the ludicrous people. Okay, awesome. <laughs> Not to go down that road. These people are crazy in our government today. Unbelievable. It's common sense is just out the window. So here we are today, thinking, getting our minds right. Pray for people that think differently, doing differently. It is not our responsibility, right? There are times in church, here, don't get me wrong, when we are in our right place, there are times in church where the Bible calls us to carry each other's burdens. There's times whenever we're gonna go through something, we're gonna walk with each other through it. But here, I want our church, every single person, mentally healthy, physically healthy, to spiritually be healthy, to walk people on the journey that are walking with burdens, unforeseen burdens that we're all gonna face, that are trials and sorrows that we face in life. But if we live as the world, we will live as the world and face the world's issues. We wanna be set free. If you don't like something about your life, remove its only power from, from it, which is your attention. All this pain, all this struggle, right? Here's the deal. Some of the stuff that we're focused on today is not your business. It's not a part of your assignment. It's not a part of your business. You, must, you might be busy with everybody else's problem, but that busy ain't your business. It's not your business. You got your responsibility, what God has called you to do. You gotta keep it straight in here. You gotta replace those thoughts, man, that are just destroying your life. Here's the deal. When it comes to mental health and the product inside of there, sometimes in life, it, it, it happens as we are b being raised, you know? We, we deal with people inside of church. Their upbringing was so chaotic drug abuse, uh, uh, physical abuse, all kinds of stuff going on inside of the house, things that are being said, behaviors that are being done, um, sexual abuse that's happening in the midst of all of that. I mean, there's all kinds of chaos that happens. And we have this series where we said, we don't want man's solutions to man's problems. We need God's solutions to God problems. And that, that's the product, product of life. We all have different environments in which we come from. Some have come from better, than others, and some have faced depression and anxiety from an earlier age than maybe an older age. And uh, some maybe just, it comes out of nowhere. And so uh, what, what I like to do at different points in time, uh, we'll share stories with you guys, but we got Abe here today that I want him to come up. And he's walked recently through this right here where his life has moved, depression just hit him out of nowhere and it's his journey. So I wanna just talk to him about that. My man, Abe, let's go. You have to say your last name. Yeah, so um, it's Baranapur. Baranapur. You'll say it, Baranapur. Baranapur, Baranapur. There you go. Nah, that's all right. You got it. It's, it's okay. And originally, your dad is from? He's from Iran. Iran. So yeah. Baranapur is Iranian. All yeah, right. So I'm half Iranian, half Mexican. So a lot of ethnicity lot going on. Culture all going on right here. All up Which this. explains his personality. Yes, a lot. <laughs> a lot, actually. So you just recently living life. Um, moving along, doing incredible things, such a great personality, everybody loves you, but all of a sudden out of nowhere, bam, what happens? Yeah, um, in April of this year, you know, 
living life like normal, everything was going good with work, kind of working from home, life is going just great. And then all of a sudden daily, I would wake up starting to feel just hopelessness, mm-hmm. uh, feeling disconnected from what I knew myself to be, you know, after 33 years of yeah. like this personality. And if you know me, I'm like super extroverted. Um, you can ask me to do anything and it's it's a party. Like I'll go buy a, a toilet from Home Depot and I'm like, yes, let's go, let's go to Home Depot, it's gonna be great. And um, I wasn't that anymore. Uh. I couldn't find joy in anything at all. Mm. Friends and family reached out, you know, expecting an emotional response to something great and I had nothing to give wow. anymore and it just, it came on all of a sudden, nothing happened in life. I didn't go through anything traumatic. Just, it slowly started just kind of creeping in yeah. every single day. Didn't wow. know what it was. In the depths of that pain, what did that look like? You, you're waking up, you're daily, just kind of walk us down the journey. I'm like, oh, the heaviness. Yes. Yeah, so what you're walking in. Every single morning, um, I would wake up and it would take me about maybe two hours to get out of bed. Um, just kind of waking up earlier than I did, than I would normally do. and. Wow just feeling feeling, and also hearing the enemy's voice very loud in my life. Wow. Like, Abe, you're never gonna amount to this. You're never gonna get married. Your job is this, you're trash. You'll never wow. compare to yep. X, Y, and Z. And yeah. it's very loud and it defeats you and it starts to truly tear you apart, like wow. bit by bit every day. Um, and I use this analogy, if you've seen that movie, Groundhog's Day, where it's just a repeat, that's how it was every day. You know, I'd go to bed, hopeful and I'd be like, all right, tomorrow's going to be a different day. I feel good right now. I'm great. I got through this day and I'd wake up feeling the exact same way every single day. And I say that, you know, I wish it was, I almost wish it was a physical pain instead because you can fix that. You can take medicine for it. If it's a workout injury, you can work that out. You can do whatever, but this is something deep inside your soul that you really can't find. And it hits everywhere, all in your body from head to toe. You just feel this hopelessness and this pain and yeah it's uh it's debilitating and it's hard mm. to it's hard to walk every single day it's hard to take that first step yeah. um and you truly you truly don't know who you are in, in those moments because wow. you you feel like a piece of you truly has died and wow. you're watching it wither away and yeah. you don't know what to do wow wow that's incredible that's terrible yeah hopeless yeah hopeless and so uh, you're in the middle of this You've been a pastor, you've been a leader. Um, and for you walking through this, how, how did God show up in it? Like what, what did God do? How, how do people show up inside of your life? So you're, you're, you're on the other side, you're healing and moving yeah. through. What, what did that look like for you? You felt the depth of pain and desperation to what? So, I wanted to ignore it, you know, for the longest time. I was like, you'll get through this. You're just going through this funk. And honestly, nothing really started happening until I owned that I wasn't okay Mm. and that it was okay to not be okay. And I think that's one of the most important things that I think we can all kind of focus on, especially, I mean, especially the men in this room too. I think for us, you know, we, um, we always say we have to be strong. We're the strong ones. Like we have to power through, we have to push through. And honestly, I would say like squash that trash real quick. (laughs) Like realize that it's okay to be walking with Jesus. It's okay uh, to not feel good all the time in that. Um, And once I finally admitted that just one day, I crashed on the living room floor to my knees and I started bawling and I said, Lord, like, I need you. Like, Okay, I've done everything I can do. I only have you left, which in reality, that's the best place to be, is it not? Like to only have him left. Um, And the visual I give is, you know, I felt like my life had shattered into a million pieces on the floor. There was this porcelain Abe and it just shattered everywhere and felt the Lord's hand upon my back and was like, thanks for calling on me now. Like, let's start picking this up and it's not gonna be quick and we're gonna take every little piece and we're probably not gonna pick up every single piece because where I'm taking you, some of this old stuff doesn't need to go. Like, we're not gonna take you back to where you're supposed to be. We're gonna make something new, essentially. And through that, you know, people started showing up out of the woodwork, you know, um, my relationships here at church grew tremendously. Friends I've had for years really stepped up. you know, I opened up, I could share anything with everyone. I could get on the phone and just cry with someone for a little bit and say, Hey, this is where I'm at. And the best advice um, I ever got was um, one of my friends from the gym. They, you know, I went over one night expecting to get like an encouraging word and um, kind of opened up and 
I was like, I've done this, I've pastored, I've walked with Jesus like almost my entire life. Like, why is this happening to me? And the best advice he ever gave me was, well, why not you? Mm. You know, he's like, you look at Jesus, Jesus suffered more than anyone here. You know, literally like the son of God came down and suffered. You look at Job who, uh, you know, in God's eyes, like he was well pleased with Job and Job goes through anything and everything like worse than I could ever go through. And they still had to walk through it. They still had to walk through pain and anguish. So my mentality became, okay, Lord, if I'm going to go through this, like, let's use it for your glory. And in that, you know, in the last two months, I've met so many people randomly who have come to me for prayer about mental health, depression, suicide, all that. And they would just come out and I'm like, Lord, like, why are you doing this to me? Like I'm going through this right now. And he's like, well, you know exactly what these people need because you're walking through it. Um, And you know, it, it really comes down to that truth of like, what the enemy meant for evil, yeah. the Lord's going to use it for good. Amen. He's going to turn it around. He's going to use Amen. it you know, for his glory and all that. And so Amen. today, every day, like you said, I have to wake up. And the first thing I do is I speak truth over Amen. myself. I speak truth that I'm worthy, that I'm blessed, that, you know, the, what are the riches in my life? What yeah. does the Lord say about me? Yeah, that's good. And I think that's so important that you said that because we have to, you know, you have to put on the armor of God. If you have to stand in front of the mirror and yeah. like recite that in front of Mount you, up. even if it sounds silly, like <laughs> no, you've sure. got to do it. And the second you have a negative thought, if it's yeah. the middle of the workday, take 10 seconds and literally speak truth yeah. over your life. Cause like I said, it truly does affect you Amen. mentally. Incredible. Yeah. Let's give it up for Abe. Must love my man. Appreciate that. Every story is unique. Every story is different, but every story has a message that God can speak through it. And each one of your stories are unique. And I, I pray that you understand that. Like he said, um, even in his weakness, man, God has shown his grace. God has made him strong and God has walked him through this and whatever you're walking in or walking through here today, we believe that can be your story too. Maybe you are today in a mental battle. It hasn't moved more maybe towards mental illness where you don't believe truth anymore, um, but you're in a mental battle and you're there. You're realizing like, man, I, I feel my faith is slipping today. I just don't feel like I have the right rhythm in my, my steps today. Maybe you are in a place where you you feel the mental illness of bad ideas are your belief system. Your neuroplasticity has laid down a layer of negativity, of falsehoods over your life that you believe here today. Man, you could be set free in Jesus' name. Jesus says, cast your cares on me, right? Bring your burdens to me, right? He's like, yoke up with me because my burdens are light. My yoke is easy, my burdens are light. Bring, bring them things to me. The last thing I'll leave you with is this. We got to win with our choice plasticity. Neuroplasticity is one thing. It's putting these layers down inside of our brain, the pathways. We can replace that through words, but our choice plasticity is another thing. We get to choose our behaviors on a daily basis. We can choose to wake up tomorrow, put the word of God on every bad idea that is in our brain. We can choose to wake up tomorrow and say, God, we don't want to live like that anymore. We don't want to talk like that anymore. We don't want to walk like that anymore. We don't want to be in that place anymore. We don't want to surround ourselves with those type of people. Choice plasticity is I'm changing the behaviors of my life. You're the sum total of the five people that are closest to you in your life. You can't get around that fact is a fact that has been studied for a long period of time. You're the sum total of it, right? They say your, your income today is the sum total of the five people closest to you. Your sum total on what you value, to, or the value that comes into your life monetarily is tied to the average of the five closest people to you. Isn't that crazy? Choice plasticity, I'm gonna make different choices. Here's what Romans 2 says. When, when Paul's speaking into a, a culture that is counter God, a culture that is living away from God, a culture that's decisions are completely not biblical and unrighteous. You're talking about a crazy place. They have some crazy, I won't even get into the details of some of the crazy stuff they were doing. But Paul would speak to a church in Rome to encourage these individuals that you are living in a society that is completely worldly. This is what he would encourage them with. Don't copy the behaviors and the customs of this world. But let God transform you into a new person by what? Changing the way that you think. Change the way that you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. God's got a good will for you. He's got a great plan for you. Man, he's got plans to prosper you, give you a hope and a future. Jeremiah 29, yeah, in Jesus' name. He's got it for you. It's all there. 
What's your choice plasticity look like? What's your neuroplasticity look like? What's your mental health look like? He can do it, but he's got to change the way you're thinking. If you're thinking like the world, more than likely, you're going to be walking in mental health like the world. You are not enough. You were never meant to be enough. You were always meant to be codependent upon God. You were always meant to be codependent. So are you living codependent today? Every single person in here, you can write the list of what you are worried about today, what you are stressed out about, what is on your shoulders today. You can write the list. If you say, man, I just, oh, my mind, ah. Oh. You can write the list of bad beliefs in your mind that you just, it just goes off every time. You see this person, you think that. Comparison steps in, judgment steps in. You look in the mirror, you see this, that, and the other. You can think of it and you can write the list. Whatever that is, this is where God has called us to cast this stuff on him. Worry, Philippians 4, put it on him. Throw it all on him. Not just some of it, all of it. That's where Jesus says, bring it to me. It's shifting the way we're living. You weren't meant to carry it all. That's the point. You're meant to be free. And whom the Son has set free is free indeed. He will set you free from your sins. He will set you free from the stuff you don't need to be carrying. He will set you free. This is different than we see, see ourselves sometimes. You've, you've put some ideas around maybe where your mind has been in the wrong place. You've articulated maybe a few words that have been spoken over you that maybe you've believed. What I want us to do is just cast them on Jesus. Just cast them on God. Just put them out there. We cast all of our worries on Him. All of them. Things that we're carrying. Things that have been said. What I believe is that in an instant, right here today, we can be set free. We can win the battle literally right here. You're either going to win it right here or you're going to win it some other day. Whenever you cast it on Jesus. But I'd rather do it right now, right here today. Cast it on Jesus. All of this pain, all the shame, all the dysfunction, all the hurt, all the wounds, cast it on Him. He cares much for us, the Bible says. And then we want to replace who we are, what we're called to do. We want to speak life to it. The same thing they'll do in counseling, but they, counseling is just modeling the Bible. We declare what truth is. We declare what God's Word is over our lives. We're going to replace it. So God, we come to you today as a broken people knowing in this broken world, dysfunctional things happen. Trials are faced. Things are said. Decisions are made. Father, failure is experienced, Lord. Father, I pray across the board where we feel like we're not enough, like we're not beautiful. Or, Father, we don't have it together. We don't have what we have or what we don't, we don't have what we need, Lord, for what you called us to, God. We're not equipped. God, maybe we're, we've been consumed with the victim mentality. We're always going to be like this. It's always going to be like this. I'm always going to get the short end of the stick, God. Father, that's not who you called us to be. That's not what your word says about us. Father, you called us to greatness, Lord. So, Father, we just speak life in Jesus' name. We cast all of our worries on you here today, and we speak life to our situations. We speak life to our, our trials. We speak life to our experience. We speak life to our existence here today. We speak life to our brains, Father. We speak life to the neuropath, Father, that, that are out of alignment with your truth, God, the belief system that are contrary to your word, God. We replace it. God, we are valuable. We are called. We are equipped. We are destined for greatness, God. You've set us up for success. We're sons and daughters of the King, Lord. We have all provision necessary to do what you've called us to do. We are children of the light. Father, encompassing love and joy and peace and patience and kindness, God. Father, we are the light of the world, God. Carriers of the message of Jesus Christ, the hope of the world. God, you've destined us for greatness, Lord. Father, may we rise up in who we're called to be. Father, may there be a confidence on the inside of us, Lord. Father, may we win this battle of our minds. Father, may we have our attention on the right things, our choice, plasticity, God. Because, Father, in alignment with your word, Father, give us the ability. 
Lord, to, to press in, push through, overcome. Father, your word says, take heart for you have overcome the world. We are taking heart here today, Jesus, and we are overcoming in Jesus' name. It is by your power, by your will, and through your ability, God, we are set free. Father, whom the Son has set free today is free indeed in Jesus' name. Set us free, open the prison doors on our lives. Hold the, open the captivity of our lives, Father. Move us out of the desert in Jesus' name, God. Father, give us the right standing, the right position we need to be in, God, to do all that you've called us to do. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody says, amen, and amen, and amen. Man. Come on. We got to win where it matters and it starts with us. We matter to God. So we got to win with ourselves. That's not a selfish statement. I struggle with it a little bit. I'm like, it seems selfish. It's not selfish. If you ain't good, I threw ain't in there. If you're not good, I should say ain't. Makes me look uneducated. If you're not good, it's going to be tough for anything else to be good. Now, it's a continued process. You're waking up, keep on speaking it. You got the memory of something, keep on replacing it in Jesus' name, right? I just read a story of Mary Bell. A Mary Bell, a young lady that grew up sexually abused by her father. She came to Jesus and found salvation in Christ Jesus, was set free. Years later, God called her to go and forgive her father. That's a big deal. That's real deal, holy field, adult kind of stuff right there. You got some things that you're holding on to today. You may not be able to replace it until you deal with the unforgiveness. Christ forgave you, you should be able to forgive others. First Corinthians 13 would tell us, first Corinthians 11 would tell us this. If you take communion unworthily, if you think of something, as you're about to take communion, you better go deal with it before you take communion. It's, big, it's real deal Holyfield stuff. You got issues. With somebody, go deal with the issues with somebody. You're trying to find healing, but you're living in the memory of it that every time it happens, you still have oh, resentment. Oh. Find the love of Jesus Christ. Move in love towards those that have hurt you in the past. You don't need their apology. They need to know that you've forgiven them. Cool? It's a process. Wake up every single day. Speak to who you are and who you will be in Christ Jesus. Change that neuroplasticity, right? Speak that word. Let God change the way you think. It's going to come from his word. Make sure you're in his word. Amen. All right. In Jesus' name.